Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. I am not a pastor. That is not my call. I'm an elder. (laughs) And, And there is a difference, but yet it's the same calling. So I see things a little different, so I will talk a little different. Um, we have some great pastors in this church. I'm going to start with, please give it up for Pastor Beto. That's my brother right there. What's up, man? We have Pastor Joshua right here. Y'all know who he is. And his beautiful wife, Hannah. We have Pastor Olga right over here to the left. Amen. We have some more elders in the back, uh, Bob Marr. And uh, did I miss anybody? I think I'm good. <laughs> Hallelujah. And thank you all for the praise and worship behind me. Um, Pastor Joshua did a great job of just setting the tone. But I want to start off by saying uh, every time I have the opportunity to be blessed to share the word of God, I have to think about the patriarch right over here. Sister Joanne, thank you for over 50 years, 60 years of service, blessing generations and generations with the word of God. Thank you so much for Sister Lugo. Sister Lugo is what? How do you? 92? 91? She said 101. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) She's 91 years old serving the word. Give it up for her. Where are you going to be when you're 91? You going to be in the front row serving God? What a powerful, powerful, powerful example we have. We have Brother Jerry, uh, Reverend Jerry around here somewhere. I don't see him. He's usually up there. So you have a lot of great people in the word. We have phenomenal people. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about not tapping out. Not tapping out. I'm a fighter by nature. So that's why I have a different angle on how I think and how I talk. Some people that talk to me say, sometimes, brother, you could be a little aggressive. Well, you're right. That's how I'm wired. Amen. Is there anybody in here that, that has ever been accused of a temper? Woo! Raise them up high for a little bit so I'm not alone. You know, so two hands. We got tempers, right? Let me tell you something. When I, when I first became a Christian, I had the worst temper Ever. And it was beforehand. Now, when I'm talking temper, everything to me is a fight. Everything to me is a fight. I think fight. I talk fight. I walk fight. I, everything about me is fighting. So my temper was always like everything would come in slow motion. So when it starts to heat up and everything starts to go crazy, I was able to see things a lot slower because I'm a fighter. In other words, you know how you see fighting. How many? I know y'all be watching World Star. Anyway, people be trying to fight, and you see them missing. You see people getting body slammed. You see all those different things because of an altercation. I was able to see things when I was fighting back in the day. It just was slow. I could see things happen a lot slower so I can react. So as a fighter, I was pretty quick. Not anymore. I'm, you know, I'm grandfather now, but back in the day is what I'm talking about. <laughs> And I realized something. When I became a Christian, things changed a little bit. Hear me out. All those people that got tempers. When I, before I became a Christian, I became a Christian because I was fighting. 
I was in the military, had a bunch of fights in the military, and I kept going back and forth and getting ranked, you know, taken away from me and this and that because of my attitude towards fighting. So the last fight I had, well, the next to the last fight I had, wait a minute, the next to the next to the last fight I had, I was in a fight and I had fractured my hand. Now, I know better in a fight than to hit somebody in the head with your hand. Use an elbow, but I didn't do that. So I hit someone in the head, fractured my hand. Then four guys came to quote unquote jump me. To me, that was lunch. I was like, I'm about to have fun. But at that point, I realized I couldn't fight, right? So I said my first prayer. I said, I can't fight the way I want. So I don't know what to do. So if you allow them to walk away, I'll give my heart to you. It was a simple prayer. I didn't know God at the time. I was raised spiritual, raised Muslim, all kind of different things. So I didn't have any relationship with God. So I told the guy, I said, I'm going to prove to you that you're a blank, 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 blank. I'm going to turn my back on you. And as soon as I turned my back, each one walked away and left me there. I broke. I started crying because I had a prayer answered that had never happened before. Then Christianity came to me. I walked in like a lot of you visitors. You know, we have a very compassionate church. So we do a lot of church hugs, right? <laughs> hey, how you doing? Give me a church hug. And I walked into a church and a lady came at me speaking in tongues like this. I jumped back to pop her in the jaw and it, because I never heard tongues. I didn't know what it was. And I was like, what is she trying to do? She's trying to give me a church hug with some tongues on top. <laughs> never seen it before. So I was going to two-piece her, you know, pop, pop. It's just how I was raised. You know, I didn't know who she was. So the dude was on, uh, the guy who invited me was on the keyboards. He saw me cock back about to hit her. And first of all, I don't believe in hitting women. You know, I can see it on Facebook. That's not cool. I'm from the hood. And we, it's just, just different things happen with my background experience. So she's running. He gets off the keyboard and says, no, she's greeting you. She's greeting you. And I'm like, is that what it is? So I ran out of the church. I said, I'm not doing this church thing. Then when I actually realized that my temper was different, I had a, like, like, I'm not like, uh, you ain't got the answer, Sway. That wasn't me. I'm not Kanye with it, right? I didn't have temper tantrums. My temper was physical. I wouldn't have said, you ain't got the answer sway. I would have popped sway. Just two different mindsets. So my point is, is when I became a Christian, I stepped over and my temper was challenged in the church. So I kept hearing things in Proverbs like a man who can't control his emotion is like a city with no walls. So my attitude started to change, but my temper gave me confidence. It gave me swag. It gave me the ability to walk into a situation. No, no matter how it go, I can handle mine. So whatever you want to do, we can do it. That was my mindset. So when I came over to being a Christian, something happened. I didn't feel like it was me. I felt almost empty, soft. Matter of fact, some of the Christians I were hanging around, 
They, didn't, they only watch G movies. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I have to throw my son on blast every time. <laughs> you know what this brother did for his, for his bachelor party? Yeah, we about to go there. The bachelor party. <laughs> he said, Dad, I got it all planned. I'm like, okay, cool. What you want to do, sweetheart? We're going to go to the show and watch. What was that movie? Courageous. It's a Christian movie. Put me to sleep. How am I watching a G movie, Courageous, at a bachelor party with my son? But what happened was when you become a Christian, when I became a Christian, I realized that my temper was, I didn't feel the same. Now, the love of God started to caress and teach me, and and I started to understand, but I realized I still had a temper. I still wanted to go blow for blow. I still had that fight in me, but I didn't know who to fight. And then every time a a situation would rise up, I'd be confused. They'd be like, okay, this is happening in the church, or this is happening in the area, and I'm like, what do I do? I can't pop nobody. And I didn't know what to do, so check this out. God sent me this wonderful, wonderful video that I got to show you that I think will change your life. Can you play that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's how the church looked to me at the time. I was like, I'm trying to go off and snap, and I'm getting punched the devil, kicked the Satan. What is that? So then I realized something. I said, if I'm going to do this church thing, Jesus has to fully take me and, 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 and engage me. And then I started to realize some real slick. That the, who all raised their hand with the temper? Raise them up. Now, I don't know the origin or the reason behind your temper, but God put that in you and he made you perfectly the way you are to use that as a weapon. Let me tell you something. You have a fight. And today we're going to talk about how to use that temper. This may sound contrary to a lot of church. I told you I'm an elder, I'm not a pastor. I want you to use your temper in the right arena. Amen. It's okay to have a temper. It's okay when it's not perverted. You can be angry and sin not. But you can't fake like you're not angry. That's perpetrating a fraud. Anybody from the hood knows that. That's called false flagging. You mad. I ain't mad. You know they mad, and they be faking. So God showed me something real cool, right? He showed me how to pray. And this is going to be great. So what I'm going to show you is, is actually a demonstration of what prayer looks like. If I can have David come up, please. Just come straight down over. Straight down here. I'm, I told you, I don't do the past. Come on down, bro. Thank you for your respect. And then where's Kareem? 
Bruh. All right. Is it cool here or the sick? Can everybody see them too? Give them a hand, please. <laughs> Somebody about to get beat up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> prayer to me, like I said, prayer was interesting because I, 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 I was in, in martial arts. I did boxing. I did all this fun stuff, and I, and I did it extremely well. To this day, anybody that knows me, I eat, sleep, and drink. That's, I mean, that's, that's me. Eat, sleep, and drink the word. He does music. He does film. I mean, there's a lot of different things that people do, but mine was fighting. So prayer was like throwing punches like she was doing at the devil, right? So can you explain to him or show him a proper punch? Cover your jaw with your shoulder here, and then you cover the money maker with uh, this hand right there, right? And then the jab is just to pick apart your opponent. It's just to see what they're working with. So that's something you're going to fire out. You just want to keep your chin down, and that's going to be your jab. It's your front. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you just saw a jab. And this is David. He owns Dominion Martial Arts, correct? Mixed Mixed Martial Arts. Excellent. Now, can you please show him how to do a front snap kick? So front snap kick is going to be with the front foot, and all you're going to do is lift the knee up, and then you're going to snap it out. There you go. And that's it. Depending on where you're going to kick, you know, it's going to determine what you keep the toe down to go a little low, or you, you know, point the toe up to go a little high. Right? Why Kareem was like this? <laughs> he didn't show him that. He, not just his brother. <laughs> okay. Now, when it comes to prayer, a lot of times we do exactly that. So you just, you were just taught from a professional how to punch. Let's see the punch. Okay, that don't look like what he showed you, right? No, but just do it anyway, right? That's how we get it. We learn prayer in church. We go home and we do something totally different. So do it again. Again, again. Punch the devil, kick the saint. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, now show me the snap kick. Now, this is what happens. Check this out. When I started to learn how to pray, I did exactly what Kareem did, right? And I started to realize something, that I never saw the attack coming from the front. All of a sudden, there's a chokehold called a... A rear naked choke. A rear naked choke. It's the number one submission choke in MMA, Mixed Martial Arts. Can you please show us what a rear naked choke <laughs> looks like? No, he going to... <laughs> All right, so you want to get underneath the chin. The rear naked choke is a blood choke, so you're going to take off the blood flow in the arteries. It's an old military tactic that if you didn't want to give up your spot or you couldn't shoot the person because you were by yourself and someone crept up on you, the goal was is to put them in this choke because you restrict the blood flow, and within about 8 to 10 seconds, they go to sleep. You hold on for a couple minutes, and they're dead. So, Get your watches ready. You want to get underneath, underneath the chin here, and then you're going to restrict the blood flow on this side and this side, one with the bicep, one with the forearm, and then you're going to lock up here, and then there's many places you can put the hand, but we'll just go ahead and put it... And then you want to hide your eyes because they can eye gouge you real nice. And then you just hold on and pray for a little bit. No, no, no. Put them in the hole. Put them in the hole. Put them back in the hole. Now, what I want you to do is do the punch that you learned. It don't work. Do it. Do the kick that you learned. Now go to sleep. No, I'm just kidding. Now, <laughs> so what happens is put them back in the hole. Put them back in the hole. Okay, where's his wife? Is it, oh, is it too tight? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's like, I'm watching you. Now check this out. 
in prayer, we try to punch, go ahead, punch, kick, and nothing happens because Satan comes behind us. And, and then when he's starting to get weak, that's when the body comes and say, don't tap out. I got your back. And then that's when we can attack what's attacking him. Amen. Give it up for them. Excellent. A lot of times when we come to the church, right, we will learn something. We will hear something, but the application isn't duplicated the way it should be. So therefore, we're punching when the enemy is behind us, putting us to sleep. As we go to sleep, the punch starts to go and we want to tap out. Your spiritual awareness is dual fold. You're in the physical, but you're alive in the supernatural. We're here, but we're not. Amen? So let me go to this scripture. Give it up for those two again. Where's Kareem? He's going to try to use me on some slick later, right? He's like, I got you, man. I'm going to call David. <laughs> All right. So in the church, the disciples were real smart, right? They saw Jesus do all kind of real cool things. They saw him walk on water, feed 5,000 people, spit, put mud on someone's eyes, and their eyes were open. They saw him raise the dead. Some of them saw him turn water into wine. Some of them saw him fix leprosy. But one day, they saw him in the cut, and he was praying. When he was finished, one of his disciples came up to him. Pull up the scripture, Luke 11, 1. And it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Let me pause there. If there is a teaching, that means there is a learning. How many people have learned to pray? The second question I had, I'm like the 13th disciple, be like, yo, Jesus, I got one more question. He said, Lord, teach us to pray. My question would be, why do we pray? Amen. The reason I don't want you to tap out, and this is very, very, very important, because I want you to know the why, not just the what, not just the how, but why are you praying? It's a different swag on the whole situation. Amen. So he said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples, that means his disciples were learned. And he said to them, when you pray, not if you pray. As a Christian, you are obligated to pray. As a Christian, it is not if you pray. You always pray. Now, you all know the Lord's prayer from that point, so I'm not going to go into that point. So I asked the father, I was like, 
study in prayer, but why do we pray? Why? I know that with my temper, I was angry. My mother was, in Jesus' name, fighting a mental illness. I've seen opportunities snatched from people. I've seen marriages crumble. I've seen death. I've seen people not getting promoted. I've seen finances snatched from people, dreams snatched from people. How do we get this right in prayer, Father? Obviously, there's something different than just talking to you because we all talk to you, but not all of us get results. Where is the fruit? Where are the results? And this is what I want you to know, the why you have to pray. Because I didn't know. Amen? And this is one of the most powerful thoughts that ever, you all might know it. Like I said, I'm, I'm a little different. I didn't know it. Why do we pray? And this is, God is so awesome and powerful. Once you hear this, you are now accountable to these words that you're about to learn, if you don't already know them. It's very interesting what God did. Now, I'm going to take you back because I said, Father, you got to show me. Why are we praying? We, Jesus, the, 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 out of all the things Jesus did, he, the disciples said, teach us to pray. So let's go all the way back in time to the very, very, very beginning. So if you could put that next, I might that next scripture up. And God said, let us make man in our image after our own likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over all the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. How many people read that scripture? Know that scripture, right? The interesting thing in that, God said, let us... Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image after our likeness and let them, say let them, let them, those two words are the reasons for your prayers. Listen, God in this scripture separated himself from leadership, from government, from dominion, from authority, from anything connected to that situation. He said, let us, let them. Hear me. I'm going to say it again because it had, to, it had to saute on me for a minute. He said, let us make man, but let them, them them have dominion, which means who has dominion? We do. Right? So if it's us that have the dominion, whose fault? <laughs> but God, you didn't. Whose fault? If it is us who he gave. Now, you say, okay, that might be a stretch. Let me go to these scriptures just to, for the people on Facebook. And this is powerful. 
Here's a couple of quotes that, that I skipped over real quick. This is from John Wesley. If you could pull that up, please. God does nothing except for answer to prayer. That's John Wesley. Think about it. Next one. Next to, and this is deal. this is huge. Next to wondering and seeing my Savior someday in heaven will be the wonder that I made so little use of the power of prayer. Just imagine that for a moment. Getting to heaven and finding out that you didn't use the power of prayer. Next one. Prayer is God keeping his word through man. Miles Monroe. It's one of my heroes. Last one, I was talking to Pastor Ed Dopel this morning. And he said, God may change his mind because he can talk with you, but he will never change his word. I'm talking about not tapping out. The power of prayer. Go back to Genesis 126. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Now, in order for you to understand dominion, and this is not the focus today, you have to understand kingdom. You have to understand your, your, your royalty in God and that earth is a colony of heaven. So it's just a different, there's a whole different area in this scripture alone. But I wanted to concentrate on those two words. Let them eliminate God from interfering with that situation. Amen? So, let's back it up. Numbers 23, 19. God has to keep his word. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, he will not do it? He has spoken, and he will, uh, will he not make good and fulfill it? Psalms 138.2. I will worship thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. God gave his word to us above his name. He will not go back on his word. Amen. Jeremiah, and the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. So when God says, let them have dominion, that's you. We're talking about prayer. Now, God doesn't play with his, this is important. And I'm going to get back to this. You all have to, as brothers and sisters in Christ, you guys got to be careful. Careful of this thought. When you ask for a word from God and he delivers it, he's not going back on it. So a lot of people will say, can I just get a word from God? Well, I want a word from God. Do you really? Because when he speaks it, it's not coming back without fruit. When God speaks it, you have to realize what you are asking for if you want a word. Because when he speaks it, it's done. That's why it's important for you all to know his word. Because you might hear something that isn't. A pastor, a preacher, a prophet, um, uh, an elder, 
a friend, a mother, a brother can give you some sideway advice. You have to know the word of God because it's yes and amen. 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 So. If we have if we have. Oh, here's one more scripture. I'm sorry. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So all of heaven, gone. All of earth, gone. What's left? The word. The reason for your prayer is connecting God on earth as it is in heaven. You are connecting two separate realms that are tied together with his word. Amen. You are working one in one with God because he's already said his word. He ain't taking it back. You got dominion. However, in the garden, as you know, that dominion was compromised through Eve. So that dominion that we had got flip flopped. We don't have it no more until 4,000 years later. There was a brother by the name of Jesus that came and took it back. And then he said, you're my joint heir in this authority. Okay. Now we get into the actually, I'm almost done. So y'all can be like, man, that ought to be tripping. Because the enemy is slick, right? I don't want you all tapping out, not knowing what to do. And this is very, 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 very important. I was talking to my son, Micah, who's going to be an Air Force pilot, and I'm so thankful for that. He told me that a story, and I want you all to get the parallels. He said there was this American sniper And he was put in a bush. It was grass. It was bamboo. And he had to kill a high target uh, enemy. He was put in that bush a mile and a half away. When the wind would blow the grass, he was fully clothed in a ghillie suit. A ghillie suit is camouflage. Every time the wind would blow, he would move towards his target. When the wind would stop, he would stop. He would stop and be so embedded in in camouflage that a viper slithered over him. That local animals would eat right off of him and around him and not know he's there. So what did he do? He inched some more. It took him four days to go a mile and a half, 12 inches at a time, 12 inches at a time, 12 inches at a time, I see my target. You don't know I'm coming. This is how the enemy works. 12 inches at a time. I'm blended in the situation. I hear the rap music and, and you, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, six, nine, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. You all up in all that. Look at her. She know who he is. <laughs> You know what happened to snitches? No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> so the enemy is slowly but surely coming. 12 inches an hour 
four days. To the point to where when he got in range, boom, target eliminated. He went back down and went the other way. How many people are in a situation where you have the crosshairs on you and you don't even know it? You see, this is a spiritual warfare. And all of you are targets. But your enemy is in a ghillie suit surrounded in the environment hiding in plain sight. Now, I'm going to show you something, and this is what really, God gave me another illustration, and we're almost done with this. Uh, Ryan, where you at? What's up, man? <laughs> I need the uh, light. All right, let me show you something. The Bible says, just stand there for a moment. In Ephesians 2.1, and you were, you were made alive and dead and separate from him because of your transgressions and sins in which you once walked. You were following the ways of this world, influenced by this present age, in accordance with the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit who is now working in the disobedient, who fight against the purposes and promises of God. This is the enemy I'm talking about. John 10.10 says this, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen? Now check this out. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. You've heard this, but I want to show you something. You've heard about the armor of God, right? Amen? Okay, most Christians have. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Remember I told you about my temper? Every time I wanted to pop some flesh, I wanted to see some blood. So when that was not available, I had all that energy. And then God showed me how to really fight. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers and dark places of this world, against spiritual weaknesses and high places, wherefore take unto you the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand the evil of the day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore with your loins girt with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherein ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the spirit of God. The word of God, excuse me. Praying always with all prayer and supplications in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all of the saints. Now, I read all of that to get to that point. Praying always with prayer and supplications in the spirit and watching there. Unto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. We don't pray for each other enough. This is facts. We are all in our own little camouflage silo called life. And we're independent and we're going through things without going and getting the saints involved. 
I had this conversation with pastor probably two weeks ago. I said, Pastor Jamin, I'm sorry. You know, Pastor Jamin, what's going on, brother? You know, you got that voice. Everything's a secret. (sighs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) I love you, Pastor. (laughs) I'm walking with him. I said, Pastor, I'm sorry. He said, for what? I said, I robbed you of your prayers for me. Because I didn't share with you some things I was going through. I thought you had enough on your plate. I said, I'm sorry for not coming to you as a brother and just being in agreement. Just so your prayers can help me. And I realized as Christians, we spend so much time trying to figure it out by ourselves. When we have the body of Christ. You don't have to fight alone. We're supposed to be family. We're supposed to have each other's back. But we're so busy worrying about ourselves that the sniper can come get us 12 inches at a time, one Christian at a time, one family at a time, one marriage at a time, one job at a time, one dream at a time. Prosperity is yours. We have to support one another. So this is how it looks. Go ahead, Mike. Hold that, Ryan. Our prayers. Let me read this to you real quick. The Bible says in Psalm 141 and 2, Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, and lifting up my hands as in sacrifice, even sacrifice. Revelations 8, 1 through 4. I'm just going to skip down to 3. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense that he would offer it to the prayers of all the saints upon the altar before the throne. And that smoke of incense, which came, which were the prayers of the saints, ascended before God in this hand. You burning your fingers? You good? What happens is, is this. This is my brother Ryan. This candle represents him praying. Remember I told you about that sniper? The enemy is always around. Remember he's like the the prince of the air. So this is what happens. You don't see it. See your hair? But you feel it. He doesn't see him coming. So what he does is he's watching. He's inching. He's coming close. And and Ryan doesn't know this. He's too busy praying about himself and his life. And God, I love you. And, And he's doing the things that he was taught to do. But what happens, oh, snap. You see his prayer? He felt something in his spirit. Oh, Oh, now he's really praying now. But remember that chokehold? He's not getting the results he wants. So what happens? He wants to tap out. And the enemy walks around. You feel it? You don't see it though. You feel it? He's invisible. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. 
when I was fighting, I knew what the fight looked like. But all of a sudden it became invisible. I couldn't see it coming. But then the scripture says this, where two or three are gathered. Where's my other prayer partners? Light them up. This is what happens. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth, as in touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done of them of my Father which is in heaven. The heaven that was disconnected in the garden all of a sudden became reconnected. Turn around, guys, for a second so we can see the prayers. All of a sudden, watch this. Wait, come over here, Ryan. When his went out, Josh came into agreement with him, and this is what happened. Now, all of a sudden, the, the devil's mad because where two or three are gathered with your brother, this is where the fight goes. Come together. Come together. Now, watch the devil. Watch the devil. He can't get in. He can't get in. Look at that flame. He can't get in because my brother has my back. Praying for all the saints. All the saints. That includes you, Caitlin. That includes you, Trevor. And everything about you. Everything. We have to stop being worried about us four and no more. So when you pray... Remember where two or three are gathered. Their Christ is in the midst. You can blow those out, guys. Give them a hand. So finally, I want to say this. In the Bible, there's 650 prayers, 450 prayers that didn't get answered. The Bible gives us exactly what we need to learn the who, why, what, when, where, and how to pray. This was just prayer intro 101. All I wanted to do was get you to have an opportunity to say, you know what, Lord? The reason we pray is because you said, let them have dominion, which kind of took you out, and my prayers bring you back in. It's that simple. Amen. So was anybody here last week for Sunday fun day? Give it a give it up. Will you come back when it's prayer time? Will you be here early when it's prayer time? Will you come in just like you was outside playing ball? Will you have your brother's back where he really needs you? This is important, yet it's very simple. These prayers that we're talking about cost many people many lives. I know for a fact that me being a representative of Impact Church, I will not stop praying for my pastors. I will not stop praying for you all. I will not stop seeking God and asking God, how can we pray more effectively? Put that last thing up. There's nine types of prayers. 
If you got it, if you don't, I'll tell them. You got it? Okay. Nine types of prayers. There's prayer of agreement, prayer of request and supplication and petition, prayer of thanksgiving, prayer of worship, prayer of consecration, prayer of intercession, prayer of imprecation, prayer in the spirit, uh, spirit, excuse me, and the prayer of faith. When you see a brother or sister that is weak and about to tap out, you bring your prayers to them and lift them up. You cover them with your prayers because you never know what people are going through. Some of the strongest people I know still need your prayers. And that's what we're here for. We're here not just to pray, but we're here to know how and why to pray. Just like my brother David showed us how to do a punch, how to do a kick, rear naked chokehold. We are fully equipped to handle the enemy, but we can't do it alone. We're not supposed to do it alone. That's why we're the body of Christ. So here's the application. If I could have the prayer team come up. This is where you hear something and you actually do something. I'm not asking for you guys to to bombard this situation with prayer request. I'm asking if you have somebody you want to stand in the gap for. If you have somebody that you know has been hurt. If you have somebody whose light almost went out. But you can bring your candle. You can bring your prayers to their aid and assistance. Let's make a practice so we don't do the wrong, learn the right punch here and go home and do the wrong punch once we get it. If there's somebody you know that needs prayer, pray for them. If there's somebody you know that is sick, hurt, Lacking in any shape, form, or fashion as a brother and sister in Christ, pray for them. Because I guarantee you this. The enemy, check this out. This is last thing I'm going to say. Did you notice the enemy doesn't run around like a lion? He walks. Why? So he can peep game. You got a weakness. But because God is all over you, I'll pass you by. That wind that was blowing, he sees it. He's walking around like a lion trying to destroy everything about you. One molecule at a time. Fear, doubt, unbelief, your future. He's walking, watching. That's why Jesus said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Heavenly Father. I know the lion devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We already know that. But we also know how awesome you are, Father. You are the Alpha and Omega. You have our back. 
You gave us brothers in the body of Christ to really come together and stand for each other. And I thank you that this week we'll have fruit of answered prayer. Because we're not just thinking about ourselves, Father. We're loving on you. We're trusting you, Father. And we know that it is up to us to represent earth as it is in heaven through our prayers, through our actions. You've given us the dominion and authority. And we take it gladly for someone else because what you did for us on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you all can stand to your feet for a moment. I'm going to have a pastor come up in a moment. My last challenge is very simple. Will you pray for someone else? Is it okay to put your needs in God's hands as you take someone who is in need and you lift that up for someone? One day you're going to need prayer. Jesus said, pray always with prayer, petitions, supplication. Thank you all for hearing the word of God. I'm going to have pastor come up and I encourage you while the prayer team is here. If you actually understood what I was saying, take advantage, pray for someone else. And watch what God does for you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.